0: Or should I say, all aboard? (laughs) Choo choo. Welcome to this week's edition of Out of the Podcast. Must be episode 89. We got conductor Dan on the line, the train line. He's doing the the, pulling the brake, maybe even. He says, slow down. This thing's going too fast. Oh no. He's going beep, beep. And gentleman Joey is here to say, all right, I'm, I'm jumping out of the way. Don't hit me with your
1: train. You're checking the tickets.
0: That's right. And I'm doing the little punch part, too. That's fun. Yes. yeah. Everyone yeah, yeah. loves that. Right.
1: It's and it all good.
0: just falls to the ground. Nobody cares. Pretty much. Paper Dots, they get an okay. It's all right. That's uh... <laughs> like a I band think...
1: name. That should be your band name.
0: Paper Dots is a good something at the very least, right? Like, yeah. There's a free idea, everyone. Obviously, obviously, Dan, we're talking human desire here. Uh, I will say before the show, I took a shower to wake up. Mm. And the uh, right when I was getting out, the shower curtain rod fell on my head. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I feel odd. So (laughs) you might get a a live concussion on the show,
1: that's not good.
0: I think I'm okay, but I I do feel comfort in knowing that we have this video discussion between us for us. Nobody else gets to see this. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, if you notice anything loopy, feel free to say. So good luck. How do you know with this? This guy? He's always pulling stuff like this. Classic concussed humor for me, right?
1: I was going to say, you're hiding it well. I didn't Thank notice you. it. So. Well,
0: you're catching me like an hour and a half.
1: <laughs> you're recovered by now.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm like, it's either, you know, I think I could go to sleep. But, you know, if your boy died, here's the episode. Although, if your boy died, he didn't get to edit the episode. And yeah, I've that's true. This, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> this will be your last, uh, your your last uh, you know, vocalization to the world.
0: To the person who learned the password to my laptop, welcome to the secrets of... <laughs> Secret episodes of the podcast. They're yours to profit off of. We give you full rights to the show if you found it. That's there what a go. password is. It's a contract. Uh, this movie, Dan, was released <laughs> November 8th, 1954 from Columbia Pictures. We love Columbia Pictures here on the show. They're always consistent. Mm-hmm. Directed by Fritz Lang. Speaking of consistent. Mm-hmm. The heaviest hitter of the show, I would say. you know Definitely on the director's Mount Noir Moore. I he's would up say. there. He's up there. Even, you know, even if you don't think he's talented, he did enough of them where he's worth yeah. the conversation. But sometimes you get lucky, you get both. Screenplay by Alfred Hayes, based on the 1890 novel, Dan. We're going pretty far back. Usually they just put these things right through, but mm-hmm. going back to 1890, which probably means they changed some stuff, I'm guessing. The, the title is Le Bétêt Humaine, I'm sure I butchered that, but in English, which is what I'm familiar with, it translates to either the beast within or the beast in man. And that's from uh, Emile Zola.
1: Yes. And there's the, the Renoir version, uh, which I have and I've seen. It's it's really good. From um,
0: 1938. I, yeah. Which, yep. which has that title. Um, there's mm-hmm. a couple versions. There's a silent film. It's a very popular or it was in, for a time and then everyone gave up on this. Uh, there's even a 1995 <laughs> British TV movie called Cruel Train which that's a pretty good title you you know i kind of like it honestly yeah especially for a tv movie Uh, i got two taglines for you dan you ready i'm ready a rarity on the screen a raw slice of life yeah you don't see those slices of life huh yeah usually we're cooking them up but this time we're we're taking it straight to the mouth
1: isn't anything really a slice of life though if you think about it
0: i think it's the rawness dan okay this is the sushi of slices of life
1: okay that's fair
0: Usually at most we get a uh, temporal role, you know, one would hope. I mean, that's cowards like me. That's what we <laughs> <laughs> uh, second tagline, the final tagline. She was born to be
1: bad, to be kissed, to make trouble. I like that one, but I think it, it, it's the same thing. I feel like the fifties in particular were very notable for like these very like Scandalous, sensationalized—you know. I would say for this
0: movie, though, it, it is a little more apropos than usual. That's true. I, you know, I'm yeah. I'm with you a hundred percent. But this time, I mean, honestly, that tagline kind of almost speaks to the movie itself, where yeah, it's good, but it's also—I don't want to say problematic, but I guess problematic.
1: Yeah, I, I Horrible think it, things
0: happen to women in this movie.
1: Yes. I mean, it's definitely brutal. Uh, yes. And and I feel like you kind of see that here and there just from Fritz Lang in general. Um, but I would say this is probably his more most so. Yeah.
0: Brutal, which is very surprising. Um, right. But a- as horrific as all that stuff is, it's kind of the appeal of the movie. It's very strange yeah. because of that rawness and that raw slice of life. Obviously, that's yeah, what we're a- talking about here. It's very
1: interesting. It's a very interesting film. Truly.
0: I don't know what side of the fence I'm on of it and maybe I'll have a little bit more of an understanding of that by the end of the episode, but I'm climbing it. That's for damn sure.
1: You're on you're you're the trains moving and you're All you're, aboard, you're, jumping, damn. you're jumping on.
0: <laughs> yes, and before we start, I have to get this out of the way. First off, I love trains. Just put that on the record. Shout out to trains, They're the best way to travel. I
1: can't get enough of them. I was And that was might be a lot of mention... the
0: appeal of this movie for me
1: it's so funny you mentioned that because i i had that same the same thought where i was like i loved trains so much as a kid and i feel like that was a lot i mean i i still like them but i just remember how much i really loved trains growing up and i remember it made me think of um are you familiar with the Strasburg railroad in pennsylvania no i'm not but it sounds like like, i'm taking a trip it's out near lancaster um and uh it's like a very famous like like train like historic train depot and you can ride like old trains and stuff like that but I remember like my parents taking me there as a kid and I just I loved it I was just like obsessed with trains and and it just made me think of that It's how, just how cool it was I mean I haven't been there since I was a kid so well, my
0: mom's coming into town next week and we've discussed a Lancaster trip so maybe that'll be part of it I'll, I'll, I'll do some research and see if I mean I'm sure it's
1: still there like I, I hope we didn't give up
0: on the oldest train or whatever it was
1: the name of the town is Ronks, R-O-N-K-S. So <laughs> of course I mean, it is for, for, for nothing else. Yes, for rocks, for Ronks over here. Yeah, it looks like they're open actually seven days a week. So look at that. Yeah, it's right right outside Lancaster. Yeah, it's. I remember it being pretty cool. Nice. so yes, yeah, maybe I mean, we'll do like like that and like, get a shoe fly pie, and there we are.
0: Yeah, living it up uh, Lancaster style.
1: And you can also go to uh, the area for the pretzel aficionados. There's uh, the Sturgis there top. Tom Sturgis uh, Pretzel, uh, famous uh, Pennsylvania. They're always credited as like the first like pretzel company in America. Yeah. But they have like a store like slash like museum that you can go to and you actually can make your own soft pretzels there. You, they actually like teach you how to do it. And I know we you... talked about this because
0: I have the tab open. I don't know if we did it on the show or not. But yes, that is a good reminder as well. Because
1: I probably just I probably just talked about it because I'm sure I talk about it. All pretzels come time. up pretty often in our friendship but
0: it's just hard to know what made it on the record or not but you
1: know what's on the record dan we love
0: trains yes yeah even as a kid trains and pretzels if you could put them together things are going great and it's possible but yeah they're just such a constant in my life like going to like new york city to go to concerts like we had a train that was you know you'd be on it for two hours but it'd take you there and you really got comfortable and could enjoy it and this was pre-phones of course because yeah you know Speaking of on the fence, I'm on the fence of just being too old and too young. <laughs> the we- the weirdest time to be alive where you're just like yeah. seeing that internet happening, but you weren't there the whole time, or you were, but I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say, Dan, other than I love trains, and I did preface this show saying I did get hit in the head with a shower. I was going to say, yeah.
1: We're, I think you'll get a pass on this episode.
0: <laughs> I'm going to be coasted. I might not even edit this one and just be like, you know what? That's, that's the... <laughs> the curtain rod talking not me
1: you're matching the rawness of the movie oh baby yeah.
0: oh yeah <laughs> the rawness of my head wounds. yeah um trains are great uh so it just has a great vibe right off the bat for those of us that love them you're in a train noir but one other thing a uh, compliment to give is I really love how the credits are because the credits are the train obviously how do you not Mm-hmm. it's just doing its route. You've seen all the names we, we know and love, but then when it's finished, it cuts right to the next scene, which is Glenn Ford on the train. Like it really it just feels like it's a part of it as opposed to something that's not connected. And I, I really, right. I really like that. Yeah, I can't think of any movies where you really see something like that.
1: Yeah, no, it was really, really well done.
0: So there's like a lot of little stuff like that, that pops up. That's just really cool. Uh, I mean, of course it's Fritz Lang, but he just, he's always innovating, you know, like you never really feel like you're seeing the same thing twice, even when, He's using the same cast. I mean, this is this is our uh, big heat, right? Is right after crew, right Mm -hmm. after it, you know. So there's a lot of familiar faces, and that's just, but it's a completely different movie, of course. Mm -hmm. So yeah, Glenn Ford's on the train. He's coming back into town. He looks a little bored, like maybe life's not doing him so hot at the moment. But maybe we'll find out more about that. And his other conductor buddy is there, and they're they're smoking and they're just communicating silently, like with their hands and their. Uh, what they're smoking, it's just a very nice sequence that just starts slow and quiet, but, you know, sets a tone as well. Yeah, you
1: can tell they know each other very well. Exactly. Because of that.
0: You know, like it, it felt like we were communicating without words, watching it, where you're like, yeah, hey, I get these guys. These are pals right here. Yep. So the train comes into town and we find out that Glenn Ford is he's just coming back after having served in the war. Everyone's happy to see him. This is a town that he left, you know, in good spirits. Every, everyone's happy, uh, mm-hmm. including his old friend, Alex Simmons, who your old pal, Joey, who loves Green Acres. There's your Joe Carson, also mm-hmm. from Petticoat Junction. Uh, so always happy to see him and uh, his friend gets him his job back. He used to work as a railroad engineer. And we also meet this guy, Carl Buckley, old Broderick Crawford. He's up to no good, huh? Mm-hmm. He's the assistant yard master. And, you know, I'm sure this guy's not going to come into play. So why waste any more time on him, Dan? And so, yeah, his old pal, Alex Simmons, even gets him a place to stay with him, with his wife. Well, everyone loves Jeff, so it's okay that he's staying there. He's the the rare house guest that is welcome. But I guess when you come back from the war, it's all good. Um, And they have a very nice and funny relationship, too. Like, you know, like he jokes about hitting her husband with the hammer. and
1: Hmm. It's very, like, -like, family-like dynamic.
0: Yeah, honestly, like if you're looking for the example of what a relationship should be in this movie, it's them. You know, they're yeah. they're the best you can get. So yeah, they fixed up Jeff's old room. He's stayed there before and oh also, his old friend who was their daughter, she's all grown up. She's a total babe now and she's totally pumped to see Glenn Ford. Uh mm-hmm. she's all over him and uh he he <laughs> gives her a kimono that he got cuz he mm-hmm served in Japan during the war.
1: Yeah. It was the Korean. We should mention it. Was, yeah. It was the Korean war uh, that he, that he was in. And right. Cause and yeah, we're in 1954. Right. Exactly. At that time. Yeah. Yep. And uh, yeah, as, as Ellen is her name, right? Yes, exactly. Catherine Ellen Catherine Simmons, case, yeah.
0: Kathleen case. And then, Hey, look, it's Carl Buckley again. I lied. He's coming back. And we also meet his wife, Gloria Grant. Here she is. She comes in, she's showing off the stockings. It's, it's everything you love about Gloria Graham.
1: Yeah, it's such uh, an in- interesting uh, shot. And <laughs> with him sitting on the bed and her, did you see her leg up with the stockings? You just I mean, see it it, in the leg. Yeah. It
0: definitely shows the dynamic of the relationship where she is just, you know, young and horny and he's just old and sucks, basically. Yeah. There's
1: definitely that, you know, disparity. And they, they, they talk about that throughout the film. Throughout Absolutely.
0: Because that. that's <laughs> one of the biggest questions is like, what are you doing with this guy? He's an old yeah. slob. He's a drunk. We find out later on. Um, and he also just got fired because he's a real hothead so mm-hmm. he sounds like a real catch but she's totally fine with this speaking of catches she she does everything you'd hope for when you're fired and she even offers to work so he can take some time off or you know she's like hey maybe let's move let's get out of this town but he's not on board he wants his old job back and he has a plan and that plan is to get her in touch with this guy John Owens who she knows because her mom used to work for him and he was apparently a big shot at the railroad line and he could probably get Carl his job back. So he's like, go talk to him, get me my job back. And Vicky's like, I don't feel right about it because obviously, you know, even though it's very bizarre because they don't really acknowledge this, but at the same time, it's just like, clearly she's going there to sleep with them to get his job back. You know, but it's like, what did this guy expect putting her in that situation? Right. And she's even trying to be like, I, I, no, I'm I'm good. We all know what this entails. But he's like, no, no, no. Let's act out this script to this movie. Let's do this.
1: Right. And and that's part of, and that will eventually lead us to some of the parts that like, I find, I mean, a lot of these movies are far-fetched. But like, I, I find it far-fetched for his character. Like, I get it. Like, that's what drives the plot. But when you think about it, it's like. This is what you wanted, do. Like, what did you expect? You know, exactly. Like, and it's expect? just like yeah. there's a way
0: they could have written around that to still have right. it come into play. But, right. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with that, honestly.
1: Yeah. Cause it, it yeah, it, it, the way, the way it kind of com- comes about with that, it's just, yeah, it doesn't seem as plausible. But anyway, Here,
0: we, we got to power through, yeah. Dan, despite the plausibility. Um, yes. Suspend belief. Yeah. <laughs> hit yourself in the head. You'd be surprised what happens. <laughs> So, yeah, he keeps on her about it, and she finally relents. And also, there's this, like, you know, the, the score, a lot of times, there's, like, a fun, sexy song that plays when Gloria Graham does stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, they're very much portraying her in a sexualized light. There's a lot, yeah. of, a lot of sweating going on. It's a hot one, Dan. So, yeah. she makes the long-distance call, and now, once again, it's back to all aboard. It's the next day, and our couple is riding the train to go talk to John Owens you'd almost say the train is like a another secret main character of the movie, huh?
1: Yeah. Could
0: very present. Pre- you could say that <laughs> you, you might be wrong, but, uh, so she goes to see Owens alone. So right again, he ought to know what's going on here, but he greets her. And he also was like, Oh, you, you gained weight, which <laughs> what a fucking Prince this guy is. Yeah. Uh, and then we cut away it, it, clearly, it's taking a long time, uh, so they're in the city, and which is they're staying at Vicky's sister's place. I think it was her sister.
1: That's what like I the way I read it as, and I think eventually it was like a fr- it was like her old roommate or something. Something, yeah, yeah, it wasn't like necessarily her sister,
0: her... but I'm not quite sure because they but said it was like her old roommate. Yeah, yeah. some place that Vicky is uh, friends with, and so Carl's really stewing about this, and her friends like, "Hey, I'd love to wait for my friend and not you, but I got to get going. This is going on a while. I agree." I I got a date. I got things to do. So enjoy my place. I'm out of here. And he's alone with his thoughts again. And he's getting extra jealous. And finally, Vicky comes back. And she's like, hey, good news. I got you your job back. The whole thing that we wanted, it happened. And at first, he's sort of happy. But then he grows suspicious. And he's asking her a ton of jealous questions as she's getting ready for bed. Very, very jealous questions. And he's like, I think he slept with Owens, which, again, duh no shit yeah exactly what I love how you're trying to ignore this but yeah yeah, probably you know she's like I don't know what you want to hear dude like no good but he eventually he flies into a jealous rage and he beats on Vicky it's completely horrific they don't pun not intended they don't pull a lot of punches Dan no with with what I mean it's yeah it's
1: pretty brutal yeah yeah I mean we're
0: in 1954 Columbia so I mean at this point you're getting some stuff especially from them we've noticed but Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, it, it, it's it's as dark as it should be, and we have our bad guy. Um, he threatens her. He says, I'll, I'll kill you if you don't admit that you slept with uh, Owens. And she's like, yeah, I, I obviously. Haven't. I fear for my life. I'll tell you anything you want to hear. Mm-hmm. So he makes her write a letter, which we find out when it's delivered that it says that Vicky wants to have an affair with him. So let's meet up on the train. We love the train. Mm-hmm. And we'll execute this thing on the train. So. He's psyched to hear that everything's going well. And now we see that uh, Carl and Vicki are on the train and Jeff, of course, we need Glenn Ford to be a part of this crazy web of train hijinks. Mm-hmm. And they go to Owen's sleeper car his compartment with a drawing room. They call it. I yeah. believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, for the contemporary, you know, for 2022, the sleeper car. So, and they knife him to death and that's a, a nice brutal yeah. scene as well. Uh, He takes his cash, which we'll find out why later, and gets the letter back as well. Everything Mm -hmm. went smashingly. This is a perfect plan. They're off to leave that compartment, which had a very nice, tense, shadowy moment. I mean, they find the shadows in the trains, which is great. Mm -hmm. And it seems like things are going well. They're about to change cars. And then they see Glenn Ford smoking. And they're not sure what to do. They don't know if he saw them or not. So Carl, once again, sends his wife out to do his dirty work and he threatens her with the letter. The letter is the threat from here on out in this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we got. <a> <laughs> <laughs> Why can't I think of his name, Dan? The guy from uh, the box tops.
1: Alex. Oh, Alex Children.
0: Oh Jesus, I told you I got hit in the head, right? This is what <laughs> I'm talking about. Where the box tops over here, the letter, yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> Great reference.
0: Thank you. I'm sorry it took so long to get there. Uh, I wonder why. Well, you got there,
1: and that's what's most important.
0: Thank you, Dan. We won't call the doctor just yet. Yeah. <laughs> These are the questions they ask you if you've been concussed. They're like, okay, who was in the box tops and Big Star? <laughs> who sang the
1: 1967
0: hit? <laughs> who had a replacement song named after them?
1: Yes. That also performed on that song. <laughs> that That's their namesake.
0: Exactly. Uh... She so, yes, she uh, goes to talk to Glenn Ford and, you know, she doesn't really have to do much work. She's Gloria Graham. She just shows up and he's all over her. Of course, he's like, I like this. And yeah. so she's like, hey, let's move this business to another car. Huh? That'd be fun. So they, they head over somewhere else and she kisses him and then she runs off. So I mean, that's <laughs> got to make you feel weird. Yeah. and then, You know, Glenn, Glenn Ford still has this look on his face like, you know, he's oh, that was fun. I like mm-hmm. that. My life all of a sudden has a reason to be excited.
1: And I guess we should also take us take a second just to mention that in the beginning, uh, uh, Glenn Ford has a conversation with Ellen uh, about like how he's kind of come back from the war. and it's kind of he's kind of like looking for this like mundane, lifestyle where it's like they say like oh i'm just gonna go to the movies i'm just gonna work i'm just gonna you know e- e- eat a steak you know and maybe find a girl so the, yeah. the, the, those are like the, th- the 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 main things he wants to do but it's a very like normal he's a civilian month. again you know right. like exactly he... it's, a, it's right it's like the quote-unquote like the coming back from war and you're just trying to get like you know just back to your regular life
0: yeah um so but... as much as he has this face of just like you know kind of being
1: depressed it's it's what he wants complacent too yeah this complacency exactly um but now it's like now he's like he sees this girl and he like he had very little notion that he was gonna find somebody like this uh all
0: that's left is the stake at this point right right right
1: exactly yeah which he i don't spoiler he never got but maybe off screen maybe yeah maybe he did. maybe
0: that's how he celebrates at the end we'll get to it but yes (laughs)
1: It's in a a blooper deleted scene. (laughs)
0: I'd watch that. I would love to see the bloopers on this one.
1: Yes, I agree. Hopefully try to lighten up the the mood. Maybe. So Vicky goes
0: back to the compartment with Carl and there's a great shot of him. He's in the shadows just waiting, like holding out the knife. A little less hunky of a man than what she just came from. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So they get to this station and Jesse's Carl and he's like, oh, hey, this guy. And he's with Gloria Graham, the woman he just kissed. And he's like, oh, hey carl this is carl's wife and now Mm -hmm. glenn ford is just a little less psyched on that woman that he'd just fallen for yeah now we're back in the basement at at, uh, carl's place he's burning his clothes in the furnace and you get a nice wonderful shadowy shot of gloria graham coming down the basement stairs in the shadows Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and then the fire makes it hot so everyone's really sweaty too Mm -hmm. you know desire is so sweaty dan humans are, are sweaty and mm-hmm. he he reveals that he took the money to make it look like a robbery. So right. he's burning a ton of stuff, and then he shows that he still has the letter, and he's actually going to keep that little bit of evidence because you know a healthy marriage has a little bit of blackmail in it to keep you alive, right?
1: Yeah, just a little bit, I guess.
0: Just you know, a little dabble, do you? Uh, Glenn Ford is back at home. He's a, you know a little happier to see Ellen, and he goes downstairs to have some coffee with the girls, and he asks about Carl's wife, trying to see what he can find out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if he could infiltrate this marriage, maybe, you know, start an affair. <laughs> Good yeah. idea. Um, and then his buddy Alec comes home. And he's like, oh, hey, Owen's body was found. This guy, like, that's why I had to leave this morning. There's been a murder on the train. And it was that one that you were on. Isn't that weird?
1: Is this where they mention when they're having that conversation? I think it's when they talk about how they met. Like, it was like he, I mean, he works the road, obviously, but she worked at like one of the kiosks at the station. And he would always go there and like, I guess, get like a newspaper get you know, magazines or whatever. And she kind of, and she talked about a little bit more in depth later, but she kind of talking Gloria Graham. Yes. Yeah. I think that's later, but you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I thought he asked. I, well maybe it's like on a surface level. I mean, I know. She I, talks well, about I think it, it maybe comes yeah. up
0: twice. Yeah, I think it kind yeah. of the first gets sprinkled in right around here. Yes, and then the yes, they get more. Into she elaborates it. later because yeah. he's like, you know, hey, again, the age thing comes up. He's like, hey, why is this young woman with this older man? And right. That's what we got. But now a body is turned up, and naturally, there's an inquest. Jeff is called to testify because he worked that night, and he was he was seen where he shouldn't have been. You know, he was in a car a little different from usual. And all was the pa- he working though or was he just traveling? I
1: thought he was just traveling.
0: I think it was just no, he was just traveling, but he was still on the train and like people that sure. work there like were like, hey, we recognize him. Yeah, and, you know, I he mean they had
1: all I mean as as we'll get to, I mean, in this bizarre courtroom scene, they had everybody everybody, <laughs> everybody. on the train. Yeah, yeah. All the, the passengers
0: were there and to be identified. And eventually it gets to Carl and Vicky's row, and Jeff is identifying everyone because, like, hey, do you see anyone out of the ordinary? So they're called the stand and he lies for her. He's like, yeah, I never saw them either. I don't know who these people are. What happened? So later we go to a bar and we see Carl just completely hammered. And Vicky, who is just completely sad and who should come in, but old Jeff himself, Mm -hmm. Carl causes a scene as a drunk typically does. And Jeff helps Vicky take him home, which is another great shadowy scene where like you see him go through the, the train yard to get to their place. And, you know, it takes a minute. yeah. And, you know, Lang, he's a master of shadows, duh. Like he's just doing what he does. And we also get Ford lighting Gloria Graham's cigarette, which is one of the best tropes and probably the only time the lads endorse smoking. <laughs> yeah, it's probably fair. Yeah. Otherwise, hey, don't do it. Only if a man lights it, you get it once. It has to be on film and then go do some PSAs against it.
1: For cinematic purposes, it has a, I mean, especially that era, it has it usually has a great effect. And obviously there's a lot of subtext to it. I mean, there's that, you know, interplay, you know, that of course. That, yeah. So I mean, that essential that's where it's important. Trope, yeah.
0: I think, yes. But you know, herbal cigarettes, right? Sure. Maybe they're all just getting high, Dan. Why not? That would explain a lot of what happens in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, now Glenn Ford, he's they're alone and he's like, he's curious. He's like, what the fuck? What's going on? tell me what's up. So she, she gives him the deal. So, and she says that, Hey, I actually found Owens dead when I got to his compartment. Cause I was going to ask about getting Carl his job back. And, and yeah. And then there was a corpse Glenn Ford. He's pretty suspicious about this right off the bat, but Vicky then comes in with a little more truth. She's like, Carl is an abusive piece of shit. Yeah. Um, he's, he's an old man. He's jealous. And she shows off her bruises and it, it's,
1: yeah, it's pretty horrific for sure. So And I think he also wants to believe her because he's falling for her too. So he 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 wants to trust that she's telling him the truth.
0: Exactly. So, you know, maybe it sounded a little fictitious at that one point, but once she came in with actual truth, it's a little easier to believe him. So Mm
1: -hmm.
0: we're going to keep this thing going. But the next day, Carl and Vicky, they get in a fight over the murder and how it changed. You know their relationship she's like we can't go back after that like yeah you, you know things were already bad and then this happened and also you have this letter you keep holding over my head that's fucked up but he's gonna keep doing it because that's all he's got at this point he's trying to keep his wife and so he goes into their bedroom and there's actually a, a shot that lingers on their twin beds which really kind of informs mm-hmm. their relationship and he goes to he he's in his secret hiding spot to put some of the stuff you know, grab the letter where he had been keeping in that box and stuff like that. And Vicky overhears this and she knows what's going on. So after he leaves, she runs in to look at that stash box and she finds it. And everything's in there except for the letter. Mm -hmm. And you have another great shot of her face and just the despair that she feels. And I don't know if you knew this, Dan, but Gloria Graham's a hell of an actor, huh?
1: Yeah. No, she's I mean, she's definitely the best part of this movie, I think hundred percent
0: i mean yeah. she should have top billing and i mean yeah. and we'll get into <laughs> the ending and
1: mm-hmm.
0: poor gloria graham but she hears a train in the background and then she goes to call jeff they go out for a night stroll she vents about how much her marriage sucks which i'm sure glenn ford doesn't want to hear but you know hey we're here and this is also where you get more into why she married him and how it all happened and, and how wrong she was she, she made a mistake she, she was young and
1: she thought she was getting a good, stable guy. Um, exactly. That's all she wanted. Yeah. She
0: just wanted stability as soon as possible. And and she bet on the wrong horse. And now she's dead inside and full of regret and mm-hmm. committed a murder with her husband. But luckily Glenn Ford, he's been there, you know, he can relate, you know, he says army men and housewives have a lot in common. Yeah. And they
1: have that discussion about how he, he was able he, you know, killed people, you know, when he was over in the war. And it's interesting that, you know, that they, bring that into the, into the story. I mean, they bring that into the story with that because that'll lead us to now about what will happen with the plot that they kind of concoct to get her husband out of the way. But they, they bring this thing like, Oh, well you've done it before. So it should be, easy. it should be easier for you to do it. Yeah, it's he just another it. yeah. bad guy, you know? Right.
0: So yeah, I mean, they, they connect.
1: It's a nice moment.
0: And then they begin an affair, which is usually a bad idea, but you know, I'd say in this instant, it's a good move. These two kids deserve each other. A uh, few days later, pass, and, and Jeff's hanging out by the train. Ellen comes in to visit to invite him to a dance. She's laying it on thick about what a woman she is, and she also inquires about Vicky, and she's not happy to hear what Jeff has to say at all, but hey, Ellen, you're a woman now. This is this is what happens. Men Gotta are... buy a ticket. Exactly. And the movie definitely seems to be saying that <laughs> heartbreak is what being a woman is all about, unfortunately, but... People
1: part the whole him. desire thing.
0: I would say exactly. I'd say that's the human condition, if anything. That, yeah. You know, that people, people are scum. Doesn't matter what they got between the legs. But Alec, he's looking out for both his friend and his daughter. And he tells Glenn Ford that, you know, it's probably not a good idea to mess around with married women. I don't know if you heard this before, but it, it's trouble, especially with this guy and everything and the whole murder questioning. But mm-hmm. Uh, Vicky's been staying at a borrowed apartment. She meets up with Jeff, who's just not having any fun sneaking around. He just wants a regular girl in a regular relationship. And he wants to turn in Carl for being an abusive piece of shit. And he's like, fuck this guy, let's get him. And of course, Vicky, she breaks down. And this is where she confesses everything to Jeff that she lied, Carl murdered Owen out of jealousy, and that there's this blackmail letter. And Jeff freaks out. He feels totally betrayed because, you know, now he's an accomplice to this whole thing. He didn't want anything to do with this. And then Vicky breaks down further. She really gets into Carl's jealousy to kind of help Jeff understand. And he he does understand. And he reluctantly decides to stay with Vicky. A little more time passes. Jeff continues to brush off Ellen, who's laying it on as thick as ever. This poor girl, but you know, mm. she cho- she chose her own. I'm sorry. He- He's staying at the house and everything. This is bad. everyone's making bad decisions. I don't know if there's
1: a good yeah. decision
0: in the bunch. Unfortunately,
1: she has, she has a big crush on him. I mean, I feel like, and, and you kind of get, maybe, maybe get the sense that she may have had that for a long time. And now she's like, okay, you know, he's back. And, you know, this is my chance sort of thing. Cause we don't know what happened before that. We don't know what the relationship was like before he went away to water. So
0: no, just that they were, you know, right. friendly and stuff right. like that. But yeah, now it, she, she wants to trade up and, and go to the next level yeah um and then so jeff goes to see vicky and she tells him that carl was finally fired again (laughs) he got Mm -hmm. double fired so all this was for nothing anyways and he's planning to leave town and sell the house and vicky doesn't know what to do she's like i'll probably just go with him like i don't know what the hell else to do you know as long as this letter exists i have no choice you know unless hey maybe something were to happen to carl you know Mm -hmm. like that'd be interesting like dan was saying you know you killed before army man what's one more so Jeff might be on board. It's really hard to tell at this point. He just asked where Carl is. Naturally, he's at the bar getting fucking shit-faced. Mm-hmm. We see Carl drunkenly leaving the bar. He walks through the train yard that we saw before, and Glenn Ford is following him, which is a great scene. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what happens. And we cut back to Jeff returning to Vicky, and he's like, ah, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a murderer, whoops. You know, I just saw this guy. I felt sorry for him and I'm not a killer. So I actually took him to the hospital to sober him up. Like I did the nice thing to do. And, and she, she turns on him. She she totally turns on him. She gives him the business of how he bailed her. And hey, now all of a sudden you have a conscience, but Glenn Ford doesn't budge. And he's like, oh, by the way, like I got the letter for you. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Um, and she also, as she's like freaking out, she definitely... She goes more into the story of Owens, who was someone who had assaulted her when she was younger, when she was sixteen.
1: Yeah,
0: and um, that also didn't help the marriage. Once Carl learned of that, like he doesn't do good with this information of someone who needs to be helping out. You know, he's, he's right. hurting instead of healing. And she's like, you know, you're the, you're just the same man as Carl. Which then, yeah, which is where he pulls out the letter and he's like, Nah, I'm a fucking hero. So how dare you? <laughs> I'm out of here. And so he's he's gone, and now he's like, you know, hey, that maybe I should go to Ellen to the dance with Ellen. After all, that's probably a better idea. Mm -hmm. Got her a kimono. That's as good as an engagement ring. Maybe. So we're on the train. Vicky gets on the train and Carl's on it too. He's drunk, of course. And, you know, he's trying to figure out what she's doing. And she's like, I'm out of here. You ruined my relationship with Jeff. I did love Jeff. Just in case you were wondering moviegoers, Mm -hmm. you know, was this all for, you know, plot and stuff. No, no, no. I love Jeff. And mm-hmm. you ruined it. You suck. And he's like, come on, why don't you stick around? I'll get rid of that letter. And then she's like, the letter, I have the letter. Like,
1: you're yes. a fucking liar.
0: She's like, screw you, dude. And he's like, yeah. So what? You were sleeping with Jeff? And he's like, yeah, totally. Duh. Like, you clearly don't understand. I'm sleeping with these men. <laughs> yeah. And I did, you know, I'm getting you your job back. I did everything for you. You suck. And this just snaps Carl completely. And he, he strangles poor Vicky to death. She gets no good closure, just a, a complete tragedy, unfortunately. And, you know, meanwhile, yeah. <laughs> in the other train, all is well for Glenn Ford. He's yeah.
1: good. Yeah, with his get, buddy, yeah, buddy like Alec having yeah. a
0: good time. The end. Hey, what a happy ending, as long as you're Glenn Ford.
1: Off in the sunset.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Sha-la-la-la>. <laughs> yeah. And that's the movie, Dan. Um, and you're just left with this feeling of just Like you just watch someone get abused almost, you know? Yeah.
1: I mean, it's just, she's a tragic figure. I mean, basically, I mean, that's what it boils down to. Absolutely. You
0: know, know, if you're looking for, you know, justice being served for criminals or battered women, I mean, you don't even see Carl get any consequences, you know, like he, he just gets off, you know, while the poor woman who did nothing, but, you know, she didn't stab this guy. You know she's involved with the murder, but you know all she has to do is go to the cops and be like, "Yo, my husband is a psycho, and all this stuff happened." You know, you could clear it up, maybe get a couple of years, but you know, it's uh, it's very interesting. Like the movie definitely did Vicky dirty, but it's that's what I like about it. not that they did it dirty, but you just kind of you're seeing a different side of film noir. You're spending more time with innocent people who are being wronged. You know, like. Mm-hmm it's like the noir of real life your husband sucks the world does you wrong and you're seeing ugly abuse and it's getting glossed over you know like yeah it's tragic yeah
1: yeah i i liked it i i, I mean it, going off of big coming off of big heat with a lot of the same players and and lang and stuff like that i mean i i have such an affinity for big heat so i feel like it doesn't i i wouldn't say it's it's on par with that, but it's pretty darn good. Like I, I, I liked it. I didn't love it. Um, right. I, I, enjoyed it. Um. Yeah. Just I think the ending, like you said, I think it just kind of leaves with a very weird, on a weird note, and it's tough to. It, I have very conflicted thoughts about it. I think that's that's. Yeah, the, it's not even I like
0: think. a dishonest note. So that's why I can't yeah. necessarily be mad at it. But it's just
1: right. it's so different. You know. Um, yeah. I like the train element. We talked about the beginning of, of our of our. You know love of trains but yeah i mean I, I liked that aspect of it i thought you know hanging around the, the train yards and and the effects of that you know the darkness and and there's even a little bit of steam fog we'll which we did take we, it, yeah. which we didn't mention but when when they're walking away when the couples walking away uh uh broderick and uh and Gloria um but yeah yeah i i i i didn't i didn't dislike it um
0: i think and and i think at the end of the day you can't hate it because it's not a bad movie but you know if you love it maybe something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's just so unique and and well done that it it just definitely you know it it puts you just right in the middle but it's one to think about i would say you know i wish they got a little more into glenn ford's character but at the same time it's not really a story so you know yeah you kind of get enough but i don't know i guess human desire is messy is what i'm trying to say it is So are you ready
1: Uh, uh, for some fun facts?
0: 7.4 out of 10 trains.
1: Okay, that's fair.
0: Now I am ready for some fun facts. I'm psyched for this, Dan.
1: Great. All right, so let's start with director Fritz Lang had desperately wanted Peter Lorre to play Jeff Warren, but Lang had treated Lorre so abusively during the (laughs) making of M that the actor refused. Oh, hell yeah. That's a shame, Uh, though. I think that would
0: have been really a, a cool role for him.
1: It would have been interesting. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Brando also rejected the role of Jeff Warren saying, quote, wow. I cannot believe that the man who gave us the uber dark maboose, the pathetic child murder in M and the futuristic look at society in Metropolis would stoop to hustling such crap. <laughs> End quote. Apparently didn't see any of
0: Lang's other movies. Though. Apparently,
1: yeah, but it's, it's quite a quote. Um, yeah. Fritz Lang did not like the title and thought it was redundant. Uh, And he said, quote, what other kind of desire is there? (laughs) (laughs) It's true. He's not wrong. Yeah. Um, At one point, Columbia planned this film to be their first picture shot in Cinemascope, um, which would have been very fascinating. Uh, that, That turned out not to be the case. Obviously, the first Cinemascope film for Columbia was actually a movie called Hot Blood, which came out in 1956, which was a drama musical starring Jane Russell and Cornel Wilde, friend of the show. Wow. You seen that one? I have not. And I was, and as I was researching this, I was like, man, I I would love to watch that. As yeah, a, that sounds as, interesting. As, as both a fan of of Cornell Wild and, and Jane Russell and just early color film in general, whether it's Cinemascope or whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm very fascinated to watch that. So I'm gonna do some research on that one. Um got just a couple more. So this film was largely shot in the vicinity of El Reno, Oklahoma. Uh it used to be facilities of what was at the time called the Rock Island Railroad, now Union Pacific, Mm. Uh, though some of the moving background shots show East Coast scenes such as the Pulaski Skyway and the famous Lower Trenton Bridge, where it has the quote, Trenton makes the world takes over the Delaware River, which I did notice in the film. I was like, wait a second, because it made me lose kind of perspective of where we are geographically yeah um knowing that because from being from new jersey <laughs> um, i actually saw a movie
0: it, that showed that sign recently oh really it was a bad movie too so i don't know oh, if i'm gonna shout good. it out
1: yeah okay well, that's fine i'll tell you privately um, i look forward to that um <laughs> yeah and that's like i said that's why i was confused so i'm like wait i was like trenton but like i feel like we're at least somewhere in the midwest i i don't know where we are you know, um, any town USA, Dan, you know, like yeah, I, yeah. I
0: kind of like that aspect of the movie where it, it really could be anywhere. And who knows how long they're on the train, you know, maybe there's some long rides.
1: Do you know why that is? Cause human desire is everywhere.
0: Oh my God.
1: <laughs> and the final one I have is the extensive rail yard and shops seen in the film were abandoned in 1980 after the railroad's bankruptcy. As of 2021, all of the shops, buildings, and even the roundhouse are gone or have collapsed into rubble. All that remains is a small switching yard and sidings. The grain elevators seen in the panning shot of Carl Buckley arriving home are still standing, actually. no. So just a little bit of remnants, but not much are left. But yeah, some fascinating stuff in there and some crazy quotes. (laughs) I think I heard Rita Hayworth was also up for a role. Oh, I didn't see that. I I, I didn't get that in my research. I must have missed that one. But then she got married and, and was unable to continue, but yeah oops i mean i will like like you said earlier i i feel like gloria graham did a fantastic job and and as much as i like Rita hayworth i think gloria graham i think her dynamic i think works well like her acting works very well with this character in in, in this movie no so. it's
0: weirdly perfect at, you yeah. know in in a it's i she just um i don't know she knows how to like carry like the tragedy you know, the human condition, like, yeah, yeah. exactly. A little better in those situations, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, I definitely, all the casting was, it was dead on, but Peter Laurie would have been pretty interesting. That would have been fascinating,
1: but I I will say I'm a big Glenn Ford guy. i Never, like
0: never Ford. bummed to see him. And yeah, yeah.
1: I mean, I, it made me think of I, you know I hadn't watched in a while, and I actually almost pulled off my shelf to watch the other day. Is Three Ten to Yuma, the original one, Ooh, which, yeah. one of my all time, all time favorite movies. I yeah. absolutely love that movie, and I haven't watched it in a while. But it made me want to rewatch that because Glenn Ford is just incredible. And to our listeners who haven't watched that movie, so on Criterion, watch that movie. It's it's absolutely incredible. Even if even if you're not a huge westerns fan just watch that movie it's, it's yeah that
0: one is just so like different and above and beyond like it's, it's just so well crafted yeah, right. you know masterpiece who directed that one that was great question it's, it was somebody, somebody. it's yeah. somebody big and it's somebody and, uh, where we're gonna edit and pretend like we knew the whole time because absolutely because it's, it's that
1: big because we'll feel guilty that like, i already do yeah to the point um, where i
0: wish i didn't ask the question
1: you know what i i was actually right and i'm not just saying it. it's Dumber dave's and I thought oh yeah dave's. yeah yeah that makes that makes sense I I understand the the nervousness though and you're like oh
0: yeah I should have just went with it
1: but there was there was that tiny doubt that I was like I know it's not Glenn Ford but I guess because of the Ford and Glenn Ford's last name I was like okay maybe there was I was like I know it's not him yeah it's definitely not John like it doesn't feel like a John Ford film but I know it's of that caliber Um, okay
0: I would agree with that yeah
1: so yeah but yeah, it's Dalmer Daves, and that makes a whole lot of sense. The my director, excuse uh, was
0: I got hit with the curtain rod, so that's yeah, why that's, I didn't that's have an easy it. one. I can I'm going to coast off of that as long as I can, Dan.
1: But can my question to you is, do you? And this is going to really test you right now. Oh boy, do you, do you remember the one movie, Alec that we, Chilton? <laughs> that is not the answer. <laughs> oh shit! Do you, do you know the the one film that we've done of his on the show?
0: Yes. Oh boy, give me a hint though.
1: It's one of your unsuspected favorites that you loved discovering on this. Okay, give me an actor. Oh, this is going to get away right away. Give me, well,
0: give me a, a bit player or something.
1: Um, I'm trying to think of who the bit player was in this. I'll, I'll just, I'll just tell you that the, the main, it, it's a bogey one. Oh, Dark Passage. He directed Dark Passage. Yes, yes, yes. yes.
0: That was yep. like episode eight or nine. So forgive me. Was it that long ago? I guess
1: it was. Yeah, yeah. These, these are the early days. Yeah, he actually did another. Um, which I know, I, I don't want to give it away because I'm not going to say what the other ones are, but um he directed, it's like a horror noir called The Red House um Ooh. with Edward G. Robinson. Ooh, double um, oove. Yeah, and I think I think that one's on Blu-ray with um with Film Detective. um nice. I don't have it, I haven't seen it, but it's definitely on, on my list. And I'm not going to say- That could oh, be yeah. the tiebreaker, Dan, of our Film Detective, our, you know, which way we're leaning, if we
0: recommend them or yeah. we trash them.
1: We'll see. But yeah, it's another one that, you know, could come up in the future. Never know. Uh oh. Uh oh. Alert.
0: <laughs> All right, Dan. Anything to wrap up our, our desire of humanity? Or
1: Nope, that's it. Yeah, I, like I said, I, yeah, I, I was fine with it. I, I, there's definitely admirable qualities of the film, and yeah, I mean, you got a solid, solid foundation of, of a director and, and great cast, great supporting. I mean, product Um. Uh, it, uh. What's his last name? I think, uh, why am I spacing? Uh, Crawford. I knew it was at the sea, and I just like I was spacing. Yeah, Brian Crawford is just a great, you know, stalwart, uh, fantastic, yeah, actor, and he's he's great in it as well. Um, yeah, just great, great cast, solid, solid directing. Yeah, I mean, I I guess you know, I think Brando was being a little bit over the top in that. Quote really, I said earlier, Brando? But yeah, yeah <laughs> but I think that is it's it, obviously it's exactly that. But yeah, I, I I would disagree with him that I mean, I, I guess at the time it's a little different being that close to it, but now in hindsight i i feel like it's fine it's a i mean it's not his best work but it's still fine it still a solid like, movie. Yeah. yeah
0: i think it's important to watch just because there's something there but i don't think yeah. it's necessarily worth like championing beyond that but it's definitely worth it's like an important watch just to i don't know, just to get that kind of story it's different yeah you know brando and glenn ford were in a movie together i did know that yes we'll leave it at that <laughs> Just wanted to see. All right, well next it was week... it was Superman, right? That's All right, that, yes, yes, it was. <laughs> uh well we're gonna go ahead and pull a Superman and and fly backwards and spin the planet back to 1941 for next week's movie, Dan. Hey Noiros, Gentleman Joey here with a classic out of the podcast podcast interruption. <laughs> Look, uh I don't want to point fingers, but we have an intern, Victor Laszlo. He makes our schedule for us, and look, you know, we know the podcasting world can be overwhelming. The rigmarole of the nine to five look, we all get it, we all work. We're not pointing fingers at Vic, but the lads thought they were watching one movie for next week and quickly realized after the fact, after the recording, that we said the wrong movie. So forgive us and please join us next week for a discussion of 1950s where the sidewalk ends.
1: You're a relentless manhunter, Mark Dixon, a detective who wades in with his fists where others fear to tread. You don't hate hoodlums. You like to beat them up. You get fun out of it. You like to read about yourself in the newspapers as the tough cop who isn't afraid to wade in anywhere. Your job is to detect criminals, not punish them. But you're involved in a sinister affair, Dixon. There's danger in every footstep
0: where the sidewalk ends. Are you trying to frame me for pain?
1: Nobody's framing you. You killed Morrison and you killed pain. And I'm going to get a statement out of you. Outside your lugs, he's going to talk. You better go. Why, Because you're a sucker for wrong guys. Like Ken and me. here I. I trust you with my whole heart. You start mussing me up and you're gonna get it. Do you hear? You'll only throw one punch and they'll let you have it. I've given them instructions. Dana Andrews, the detective who could kill a man with his fists. And one night he did. Gene Tierney, who brought him love in place of his strange passion for hatred. Gary Merrill, who made his own laws, took what he wanted. Found a sudden payoff where the sidewalk ends.
0: And now I return you to the podcast episode already in progress. Stay tuned with the show. The best way to do that, Tim, is what?
1: Listen, rate, and subscribe. Yeah. Uh,
0: you could do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all those things. We love reviews. We love just you listening. That helps. <laughs> That's <laughs> number one. Check out the show. Then say what you think. Or just go in blind and be like, cool cover art, two stars, you know?
1: So- soothing voices. <laughs> eight stars. Two- eight stars. <laughs> They're so- somehow. Soothing. Yeah, yeah, well, so- somehow the dulcet get-
0: tones are so good extra stars. They forget about that option on iTunes.
1: That's true. You um, can you can unlock extra stars.
0: That's right, and then send your screenshot to what email address, Dan?
1: That would be the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Ooh,
0: we—that's that's a good email address.
1: Thank you. I'm glad I'm you with got, myself
0: We got you. Did you? You definitely 100 <laughs> to blame on that one. Uh, to thank is really what I should say. Uh, Where where do we, what, uh, what social media things can we go to thank you for our email address, Dan?
1: Uh, Instagram, which is uh, out of the podcast, at out of the podcast. I'm following that. And then Twitter is out of the cast.
0: Out of the cast. Blowing up over on Twitter. So don't think you could just go to one service. you got to double dip, baby.
1: Yes. Shout out to our UK friends. Uh, We get a lot of, uh, a lot of people. Uh, amazing
0: amazing representation of the uk fan base over there you know i saw the stats and it's just like you didn't really believe it until they finally came out in full force on twitter so we love them out there we know they listen so if you live in the uk and you got ears and a heart right now this one's for you unless you didn't like this movie sorry about that we'll we'll come up with another one
1: (laughs) well we'll do we'll do our series on uh on british noir at some point hopefully that will uh i'd imagine that's coming yeah (laughs) we'll bring him back in (laughs) we're bringing them back we never lost
0: them they're they're loyal and that's why we love them uh, uh, i think that's it dan that's all i have so we're out i'm gonna go to a hospital now but
1: yeah get checked out
0: i feel better i actually do feel okay that's good i can lift this up to say oh boy my head here's the crime here's the crime reading mm-hmm. that wasn't the sound of the shower rod dan Get your mind out of the gutter.